You're listening to season two of By Shawnita, Holiness series novel, Weighing My Options. Chapter three. Julie's head throbbed more and more with each bang on her front door. No one knocked in that annoying rhythm except for her brother and father. She hoped it was just one of them. A visit from her dad and Devon meant they were up to something. Her arm felt around on the other side of her king-size bed. This was the first time in a long time her boyfriend leaving before sunrise made her smile. A beer would stop the pounding in her head, and then she would stop the pounding on her door. Julie made her way to the kitchen in as much as she could muster up. In less than 30 seconds, she guzzled down her favorite morning beer. The pain in her temples lessened with each heavy step to the door. Her dad and brother sauntered into the room with takeout breakfast trays from her favorite soul food breakfast spot. The aroma of cheese, grits, fish, and eggs filled the room. Hey, Jules, her dad gave her a peck on the temple. Devon handed her a tray. You know, Caitlin is over here for reinforcement on why we should all pack up for the weekend to drive down and see the fam. I'm all for it because you know a brother has been trying to get at some of that down south fresh meat. But dad isn't so sure he wants to drive that far with only me behind the wheel. Julie chuckled. All of your swag leaves when you get behind the wheel. Your top speed has to be what? 58 on the interstate? It would take too long if you drove. Her dad watched her dive into the tray of Southern Comfort. I haven't been home to see the family since your mom died. I think it would be good for all of us to get home. Reconnect with the family. Julie's fork suspended in midair. It had to be serious if her dad mentioned her mother. He never mentioned her mother. Come on, Julie Jules. I promise not to bring any of my baby mamas so there won't be any drama. Not that kind. I even brought my money to pay my own way so you can buy all of our tickets at the same time. Devine reached his beige hand into his pants pocket, located right next to his knee. He pulled out a wad of bills and handed them to his sister. Here is a check for me and you. And a check from your sisters. Her dad cleared his throat. Fiance for the two of them. Julie shoved a fork full of cheese grits into her mouth to keep from laughing. Ever since Caitlin's engagement became official, his mood swung from run, one end of the pendulum to the other when it came to her fiancé. Some days, he was the best thing since Jack and Brown Soda. Other days, he was worse than a sobriety check on a busy street after happy hour. Today appeared to be a sobriety check day. I'll call La Uniqua and find out how to get registered and make sure everyone's shirts and stuff is set aside since he want me to pay for all of us together. Let me finish, then I'll grab my purse. Julie lifted a homemade buttermilk biscuit to her lips. Don't bother, I'll go get it for you. Her father stood up and walked into the kitchen. A few moments later, he reappeared, carrying her purse like a soiled diaper. Julie nodded her thanks. La Uniqua. That is the one who took over as dance squad captain after Tony graduated. I bet she has all the men drooling at her feet. You know, fine runs through our bloodline. Devon popped his collar. Your brain signal doesn't make it to your mouth nine times out of ten. Her father gave her a you-know-your-brother-stupid look. Never mind him. Call La Uniqua and tell her the Price Clan from Indianapolis is coming and will be there to shut the party down. Julie nodded again. 
Minutes later, she handed her empty tray to her brother, pulled her phone out, pulled out book time, and dialed the number listed for La Uniqua. A message indicating her voicemail reach capacity played. The look on her father and brother's face let her know, I can't reach her, was not an option. So she looked on the event page and called the number of the other organizer for the event. Devon brought her laptop to her. She pulled up book time and clicked on the link to pay for registration. The ringing in her ear stopped. Hi, this is Julie Price. I'm trying to register my family for the reunion with one payment. I tried to call La Uniqua, but her voicemail is full. Can you help me? Julie Price, Christopher's oldest. The older woman cooed into the phone. Yes, ma'am. Julie tapped her foot. Hmm. Yes, it is a shame what happened to La Uniqua. Lying in that hospital bed, oblivious to what is going on around her. Everyone is hoping she will pull through, but a bird flew into Big Mama's house last week. She hasn't told a lot of people, but we're not expecting her to make it. A bird? Hospital? Julie looked at the name on book time next to the number she called. Aunt Hildy, what does that have to do with anything? Young folks, y'all know so little to be so smart. It means the death is coming. You haven't been around for a while, so you may not know your cousin put a little weight on after college. The doctors believe it was a stroke, but I don't know. Sure, her mother is not taking it very well. Tell me the names of the people and shirt sizes that website she picked to take the payments will tell me when you pay. Julie rattled their shirt sizes off, but didn't hear about the remainder of the conversation. She noticed La Unique's book time status was more than a week old, but figured she was busy with the reunion. Neither illness nor death ever crossed Julie's mind. La Unique was younger by at least 12 months. Her pictures online were all from the neck up, but Julie didn't believe she was big enough to have a stroke so young. Message ATL5. The number you called has been disconnected. Please check the number and dial again. Beep, boop, boop. Brianna held the phone away from her ear. She sat in front of her eye tablet. In a matter of seconds, the event page for the family reunion popped up on the screen. The number on the event page matched the number she called. After trying the number again with no success, she decided to call the other person listed for contact. Hello? The voice of an older woman cooed into the phone. Good morning. I'm trying to read Hildy Price Montgomery. Brianna held her breath. This is Aunt Hildy. Who am I speaking with? She cooed again. Brianna Owens Price. Owens. A yawn tiptoed around Brianna's lips. Sleep evaded her last few nights as word from her recent doctor's visit replayed over and over in her mind. Well, now you must be calling about your cousin Lionico's funeral arrangements. If you're going to come for her funeral, you might as well register and come to the reunion. Only the Lord knows why that girl worked herself to death trying to get all of her big cousins back together for this reunion. Aunt Hildy gasped. That was a poor choice of words. Her health was not the best with her gaining so much weight after graduating high school. Still, she was so young. Just isn't natural. Lainika's funeral? The room seemed to close in on Brianna. It couldn't be possible. The Lionika's weight ballooned that much in eight years. A movement in the windows caught her attention. The same assessment could be made for her. She looked at her reflection in the double glass pane. Brianna, are you there, darling? Aunt Hildy returned to her customary coup. 
I'm here, Aunt Hildy. I called Lyonequa first. At least now I know why her number is disconnected. Seems like it was just yesterday I talked to her last, but now that I look on my calendar, it was almost a month ago. I'm clicking on the link to register for the reunion now. Rihanna swiped and typed on her eye tablet. Well, bless the Lord. I finally get to hug that big, handsome husband of yours again and hug on those juicy grand nieces and nephews you made for me. Aunt Hildy chuckled. Shame slammed into her gut at the mention of her unborn children. Anxiety about her weight and the dangers she faced beyond infertility straddled her shoulders until a migraine started at the base of her neck and rose like a thermometer up her spine until it filled her head. I'm filling out the forms now, Aunt Hildy. Please tell me the arrangements so I can make sure to include the time for her funeral. La Unico was the secretary of our church, lead tenor in the choir, and on the junior missionary board, so her homegoing is going to be spectacular. You know the prices don't have funerals. We have homegoing celebrations. With her working that good job and all her mama has already heard from her attorney, because La Unico made time to took care of her arrangements when y'all's Uncle Stanky died. Aunt Hildy sniffed back what sounded like tears. He was such a good man. She said he told her she should take care of everything. And when he died, she did everything he told her to honor his memory. Oh, her attorney, Brianna mumbled to herself, then realized Aunt Hilda, Hildy couldn't see her nodding. That is great, Aunt Hildy. What, what day is her service? Listen to me rambling on. I'll send you an email. The website will send it to me when they send me the notice you paid. You give your husband my love, honey, and I'll see you soon. Okay, Aunt Hildy. Love you. Brianna took her time standing up. The light caused the throbbing in her head and neck to grow more intense, so she squinted her way to the medicine cabinet. One painkiller didn't seem like enough. So she took three. With two slices of bread to make sure that something coated her stomach, her snack a distant memory and no match for the emotions rumbling around inside of her. La was voted most likely to marry a baller. Homecoming queen both years as an upperclassman and prom queen her senior year. No one could fill out a dress like her. They used to call her Hollywood surgery in the locker room after games when the dance squad would change clothes because her dimensions looked like something West Coast plastic surgeons would thread together on an operating table. La curves were created by the master surgeon at birth. Thanks to extra curves in places, Brianna wasn't privy to see her younger cousin lay on a slab somewhere waiting for their crazy family to eulogize her. She laughed at her best friend's wife. Despite a rocky start, she and Becca now shared a great relationship. She owed some of her sanity to this chick's amazing prayer life. No one could have told her that less than 10 years later, Becca would be a teleworking mother of two and Tony more focused on her career than almost anything. On an honest day, Tony admitted she preferred to focus on her career instead of everything else. Life stayed safe that way. You know that boy looks just like Colby. Have I told you how flattered I am you gave your daughter my first name? I'm a proud guy, mommy. Who else would we name her after when she came out looking like she could be your twin? Must have been all that craziness going on with you in Atlanta. I think I prayed for you more than I prayed for anyone my whole life until you were able to get away from that stuff. Thank God you found that work-live space and Anthony asked you to come help him save that company. Mysterious but effective ways are God's specialty. Becca paused as a cross between a whimper and cry rose up behind her. 
speak of the hungry angel, this boy is going to have me below my pre-pregnancy weight at this rate. Tony laughed as her friend disappeared from the screen. Moments later, her frame re-entered the screen with a honey brown thigh and head curls plastered to her chest. The swell of her full breast peeked out from her shirt. Sounds of her godson nursing filled Tony's office. Becca pretended to be done having children since she had a boy and girl now, but the look in her eyes told Tony a different story. You're an old pro already. Look at you and him. Hush, it is more him than me. This boy almost made me buy some formula he ate so much the first week. I don't want to imagine how sore I'd have been if nursing Ariel hadn't already killed all the sensation in my breast. Becca kissed her son on the forehead. Enough about me. Tell me when your flight leaves for Atlanta. It must feel weird going back there after everything that happened. I love how you answer your own questions. I haven't scheduled a flight yet. If I go, I'm driving. Cost too much to fly. Tony harumphed. You know I'm right. I'm not hanging up from this computer until you sign up to go home to your reunion. It isn't good for you to be up there so long without seeing your family. It's muy mal. Nothing is more important than family, Tony. Becca stopped talking in response to a popping sound. If you sucked instead of guzzled, it wouldn't keep popping out. Now slow down. I'll tell you the truth. Tony laughed. It was easier than telling Becca the truth about why she didn't want to go home. Stop stalling, Antoinette. Tell me what is keeping you from going to see your people. Becca stared at her through the screen. I'm not ashamed to pay those exorbitant airline prices. Don't make me come up there. Misery and dread filled Tony's body from her Achilles heel to her widow's peak. You wouldn't understand, Becca. Your family doesn't look at you as the great lost cause. Do you know one of my aunts asked me if my pastor tried to come on to me because I switched teams and didn't tell anyone? It should not be unbelievable that she abused her spiritual authority just because she appears on the public Christian broadcasting network. God doesn't care about that. He cares about all those people she's lying to by pretending to be one person on camera and denying the struggle she deals with behind the scenes. Becca cleared her throat. I told all of my family about how amazing she was, how anointed and holy she appeared to be, then to have it all blow up in my face, in the country's face. Too much, Becca. You know what they call Atlanta now? Perverted preacher point. It isn't that she tried to sleep with me and I'm a woman. It is the hypocrisy of her preaching against it and everything else as if she had God's personal instant message app on her phone and no one else deserved access to him but her. Yet here she is, touching the high school girls she mentors and sleeping with some of the married women and single ministers in the church. Just twisted. They called me in a tizzy and asked if I was sleeping with her too. I mean, I was her last armor bearer before the ones in the lawsuit appeared. Take a breath, Tony. You're going to suffocate. She closed her shirt and propped her son up over one hand. She made a circular motion on his back with the other. No one blames you or thinks you did anything underhanded. You were just as much a victim as the others and your former pastor. Don't you ever think about how much what she did tortured her? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That spirit was behind everything and working for its boss. She is not your enemy, darling. 
That is ridiculous. Of course I didn't do anything. Look, even if I didn't have to deal with everyone talking crazy to me about that, there is the whole failed engagement thing and extra junk I put in my trunk. Tony sighed. I'm waiting on a reason. I'm not logging off until you register. Like you said you would. Becca giggled when her son let out a loud belch. Looks like he got his burping skills from you too. I'm still waiting. Fine, hold on. Tony rolled her eyes. She clicked on the book time. The registration page was closed, but a link to pay for pre-registered was listed under the announcement with Lionico's funeral arrangements. What the hell? You okay? Do I need to call the police? Becca to come to North Carolina from Texas? That makes as little sense as my cousin, Diane, who planned the reunion. This is crazy, Tony attempted a laugh. Now you have to go home. She was the main one who wanted to see you, and you wanted to see her too. Becca laid her son on her shoulder. His lights filled Tony's office. Maybe they'll be too focused on honoring La Unico to torture me. Tony paid for her attendance. It's done. I'll be sure to catch a flight to Houston and beat you up if this doesn't turn out well. Blah, blah, blah. Your idle threats don't scare me, little missy. I triple cheese dare you to fly down here. You'll be running back to NC after I put you on double diaper duty. Becca laughed. Tony laughed with her curly-haired friend. You got me there. I've got a client coming. I'll talk to you later. Becca blew a kiss at the camera. Tony turned her camera off. It was obvious from the way she posted things on book time, La Uniqua had put on a few pounds. You could see it in her face on the few pictures she posted, but Tony didn't realize it was enough to kill her. An overwhelming need to pray pressed in her spirit. Heaviness and fear weighed against her heart. For the first time in months, Tony responded to the desire to talk to God without anger. This reunion wouldn't be the same without her cousin. I hope you enjoyed Weighing My Options, Chapter 3, written and read by Shawnita. Please tell your friends about the podcast and join us next week for Chapter 4.